It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Well, the weekend continues on our Sunday morning and it might be a property weekend where you have all of the open homes laid out across your breakfast table, figuring out which is the most excellent economical way to approach multiple properties and of course it doesn't help if you're attending an auction and there are two auctions at the same time it happens a lot that becomes a little bit tricky of course with phone bids or somebody else representing you at the auction tell you what doesn't matter whether you you're on the phone or you've got somebody representing nothing can beat you being at the auction because if you are there you can read that room you can read the outside environment and look at the faces of people that are bidding. But it's the next best thing, isn't it? If you're not there, you've got to have somebody represent you or do the phone bid. So whatever the case might be today, good luck because you do need a little bit of good luck and fortune when it comes to buying and selling property. It's your weekend real estate breakfast. Well, today is the fourth day of September for 2022, and it's the first weekend of spring, so get out and enjoy it if you can. And coming up next week, our road trip in Queensland continues. It's a virtual road trip. Having pulled into Harvey Bay yesterday and finding out about the local area, and we are going to keep heading north. Our next stop is Rockhampton. Have you ever been to Rockhampton? Well, we're going to find out what the property market is doing there and how much cheaper perhaps a house with a little bit of land for the kids compared to Brisbane is. Could this trip of ours into Rocky change your way of thinking? Well, we'll find out. On the way next, it's the Sunday Rewind when we look back over the last seven days with some of the interviews and the real estate musings. If you're celebrating your birthday today for the 4th of September, have a great Sunday. You share it today with Beyonce. She is turning 40. Unfortunately, on this day back in 2006, Steve Irwin died. And in 1998, on this day, Google is founded. It was created by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, and it started out as a research project when Page and Brin were students at Stanford University, and the idea just took off from there. So keep thinking about that next creative idea for the internet, because you never know it could happen for you. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. It's the Main Centre Forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. And let's check on your weather around Australia. First we go to Sydney. Good morning to you. We expect some wet stuff. The showers today and a high of 18 degrees. Melbourne a little bit cloudy but it should be mainly dry for your summer. Sunday morning, 14 degrees. In Brisbane, expecting partly cloudy but dry conditions also with 21. And in Perth, expect the wet stuff also. Showers to increase in your high of 21 degrees. Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6.30. 
It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. Well, we know that in Victoria, it's not exactly a subtropical winter, but try telling that to a bunch of determined, hardy souls who camped out overnight in cold conditions to be at the front of the line as the latest stage in a housing estate went on sale. We've certainly sold the the majority of them now. We've got a few more. And of course, at the next stage, it'll be interesting to see how that happens. That's the second time that we've had this over the last nine months. Um, Just before Christmas, we had a release as well. And they were certainly camping out overnight that time. We actually sold the whole stage out that morning before 11 o'clock on the Saturday morning. So hence why there was uh, such enthusiasm with some coming in this time around. (laughs) Wow. It's not a bad luck, is it, being a a real estate agent where they're camping out just waiting to buy product from you, uh, Laurie. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It does sound pretty good, doesn't it, hey? Uh, Good morning, Craig. Look, thanks for having me back. Thrilled to be on. Now, you did this analysis of almost three decades of Australia's combined capital house price cycles. How challenging was that to put that together? Look, I think it's always challenging when you're picking apart data. Um, You know, this is based upon our combined capital city house prices. It's a stratified median price. And your report throws up this question. It's not timing the market that is important. It is the time spent in the market that really counts. So our analysis really did support evidence for this argument. And what it really does showcase is you need to step back and look at property as a longer term investment. If you do that, you're really kind of viewing property as an asset that is that longer term investment. It's really hard to pick a trough. It's really hard to pick a peak. And when you take that step back, timing becomes much less important and picking that peak and picking that trough becomes much less important in your decision making. And the last significant downturn was during 2017 to 2019 when the combined capital house price fell by 7.9% from price peak to the trough. That is correct. And look, I think that 2017-19 downturn is really fresh in all of our memories. And, you know, when you have a look across the different cities, we did see a more significant fall coming out of Sydney and Melbourne. So during that downturn, we saw Sydney house prices fall by 13.9% and we saw Melbourne house prices fall by 10%. And when you have a look across the declines in house price cycles over the last 30 years, one of the other things that this analysis revealed is that we are seeing the steepness, so the depth of that fall has become more more significant as time has gone on. And that 17, 2017 to 19 downturn um, has been the steepest that we've seen to date uh, through our house price cycles. And it's always interesting for people to be aware and factor in that an upswing always trumps a downturn and the duration of an upswing tends to be longer than the subsequent downturn, right? That is absolutely correct. So over those eight price cycles across our combined capital cities, um, the length of an upswing tends to be longer than the downturn. We see a greater increase in price relative to the subsequent decline that follows. So historically, what that means is downturns have been shorter and less severe compared to the preceding upswing. And although interest rates are on the minds of everybody at the moment and uh, critically important, they are not the only factor influencing housing prices. 
Interest rates are really a hot topic at the moment. They are on all of our minds. And I think coupled with strong levels of inflation, you know, we are seeing us all kind of tighten our belts. You know, we are looking at how much we spend. It has damaged our borrowing capacity. But I think, you know, this is about thinking about the big picture when it comes to property, that interest rates are not the sole factor driving and influencing housing prices. There are many other factors that influence it. Things like tax settings, banking regulation. And, you know, that's a great example because the last downturn, you know, was really constructed. It was a structural downturn as a result of APRA changing lending uh, conditions. Other things that influence house pricing is population and income growth, but also the responsiveness of new housing to supply to the growing demand. All of these things together influence property prices. It's not just solely interest rates. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. Interest rates and inflation for these high net worth individuals, they are just simply not playing in the same sandbox as the rest of us. So they don't really have these restrictions on their ability to buy the property, right? Look, that's correct, Craig. Uh, The one thing we've noticed over the past 24 to, to 36 months Mate, people have done very well throughout this last last little period, whether it be business owners, you know, people coming to the Sunshine Coast just to, to upgrade and live a beautiful new lifestyle. The types of buyers that we're dealing with at the moment are typically cash buyers, so they aren't impacted by these interest rate rises. They understand that some of the opportunities they have are once-in-a-lifetime type opportunities and once-in-a-lifetime type properties. And talking of exclusivity, I noticed that you've brought to market an award-winning property. This looks like a bit of a stunner, a waterfront haven. It's got the spot to park your boat right outside your window to admire. Uh, tell us a little bit about this property, uh, Jordan. In my opinion, mate, it's a it's it's an icon here on the Sunshine Coast. You can sit over at the wharf in Malulabar looking across the river and see this beautiful uh, architecturally designed home. It features on almost every news article because it is uh, such great grand architecture and it's situated in one of the most uh, prestigious parts of the Sunshine Coast, Minyama Island. It's one of 12 north-facing residences. There's only 22 properties on the island itself. Typically, when listing properties such as this, we get interest from all over the world, but of recent, it has been locals jumping at the opportunity to purchase something of this calibre. It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week. People will also want to know what metric is used to attain a walkability score in any one area and how a suburb ranks. So the way it's measured is through three main variables. So we measure it by the density of the the area. And the reason why density is so important is because if you've got enough people, you can have more shops and services. So density is important. The numbers of destinations that are near your home is, is important. And then also the street connectivity. So you, if you live in an area where you've got more of a grid pattern, it's better because it gives you more choices. So if you walk down one way and there's a horrible dog or a horrible person that you don't like to walk past, and then you can go walk another direction or there's something, there's some sort of service there that you don't want to go past. You can actually, and it gives you choices. Whereas if you live in an area where there's lots of cul-de-sacs, that's a disconnected street network and you can't walk as far as quickly as you could if you've got a connected street network. So the idea is to make it as efficient as possible for walking. 
And Billy, I think a lot of our audience will be wondering why should we have at all a walkability rating? Well, there's a very good reason for that. It's because we know that, I mean, there's no surprises. If you live in a walkable neighbourhood, people walk more. (laughs) No Mm. surprises. Now, there's a couple of reasons why that's important. It's very good for people's health. If there's one thing that people can do to support their health is to be physically active, and it's really one of the best things you can do. So that's from a personal point of view, it's very good. But it's also really important from an environmental point of view because we realise now that we all have to change our behaviour in relation to climate change and emissions from transport are very high. So from an environmental and an individual point of view, I always like to say that if there's one thing you can do for your health is to be physically active. It's like the magic bullet. And Ben, people might be surprised to learn that Australian cities aren't that walkable, but you're in Melbourne there, which have walkable suburbs. So perhaps break down the best walkable suburbs in Melbourne. I do personally like the inner north, so from you know Fitzroy, Carlton, then heading out towards Northcote and Brunswick because there's a lot of public transport. We've got some green spaces and lots of shops and services. So there's some of the more walkable areas, but then you know, got St Kilda, South Yarra, over to Footscray, uh, Yarraville, where there's good train lines as well as shops and services. They're really walkable areas. And in the regional areas, uh, I was in Geelong West on the weekend, and you know, as you go out, we have pockets which are more walkable in middle and outer areas when they're designed around more traditional strip shop rather than your big shopping centres. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.